We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans Studio. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. We have Gusefo. He's all pumped up. Best two hours of his life each and every week. From midnight Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern. Also, Kill Kelly is producing back at CBS Sports Radio New York City. Darwin Zook will have another update here in about 27 minutes. Free agent frenzy on Sunday night, 6 p.m. Everybody can sign. Reports have Kemba Walker going to Boston. Kyrie Irving possibly to the Nets. Lakers are making a push for Kawhi Leonard. Uh, we're throwing out the huge question of the night. Where will Kawhi play next year? I, I think if if Kemba's, if that deal's done with Boston and Kyrie's done with Brooklyn, I guess it's where are Durant and Kawhi going. And there's that talk of them hooking up together like the Clippers. But they're going to live in the shadow of Anthony Davis because Durant's not playing next year. Maybe, you know, maybe playoffs at the end of the year. But you're going to have the Lakers. I know the NBA would love it. You kidding me? Clippers-Lakers matchups, TV, they would go crazy. So we're asking you, where will Kawhi Leonard play next year? And I'm going to throw in Durant. Where do you think he'll play next year? You can answer that question. And also the state of soccer, John Conlon, our soccer insider on the Saturday night. Huge show joining us in studio. One of the best high school soccer coaches in America. He knows the game inside and out and also delivers a informed huge opinion when it comes to under the sport of soccer at all levels, youth, high school, college, and at the pro level. Annie is a huge NBA fan. Is there anybody, I, I follow you on Facebook and we talk all the time, John, is there anybody better than Jordan ever in the NBA in your book? Oh, oh man. Uh, I mean, obviously I'm loyal to Michael Jordan. He was my hero growing up. Yeah, all of our hero. I mean, I think you could make an argument for LeBron. Pretty, pretty amazing, I think. Uh, I, you know, if my life's on the line, I'm betting on Michael Jordan. Who, who's the best player in the NBA? Not not based on just Kawhi winning uh, the NBA World Championship. Who's the best player in the league today? James Harden. Really? Can't stop him. Offensively, he is he is unreal. Now, does he defend anybody? No. Would he be the best? Maybe the best offensive player might be a better phrase to use when talking about Harden. Yeah, but I mean the NBA is all about offense. Like it's all about attacking players, and he literally does things with his body I've never seen a player do. And in terms of like his step back three, I think he's, I think his basketball IQ is as good as I've ever seen. All right, so the, maybe the question would be better phrased as the most complete player yeah. in the NBA today. Yeah, that's LeBron. I, I LeBron's total package. Kawhi, LeBron. Do you, I think you're, you're lining them up. Oh, I mean, for one season, I'd still take LeBron. But you're talking about where they are in their career. You take Kawhi because he's younger. Yeah, I mean, but LeBron's a better passer. LeBron's a better defender. I, I would scoring wise. I mean, I think Kawhi really came into his own this season. Scoring wise, he was forced to be the number one. Uh, but I, I don't know. How do you bet against LeBron James? You think Durant and Kawhi is that? It doesn't seem like a likely tandem. Uh, the Clippers, the Knicks, the stories that have been out there. I, 
I just don't feel those two hooking up. I want them to come to the Pistons. Aren't they all coming to the no, Pistons? They're saying, is it Derrick Rose? They end up, well, Derrick Rose, Blake Griffin, and Andre Drummond, is that not the fifth best team in the East? Yeah. I I'm not saying they're going to contend, but they're going to be, they were a playoff team and got drilled by Milwaukee. But yeah, if Rose can give you at least uh, four healthy games all year. Let's take Rose. Let's get CP3. Let's get a couple other guys over there. I don't know who who lasts longer in terms of health, CP3 or Rose, <laughs> right? Doesn't matter. We just want to fill the stands. All right, where's Durant going to go? What do you think? He's staying in Golden State. The max deal and he's hurt and there's no assurances. You're, you're a year off because who's going to go throw? I, this is what's interesting. Who would throw the money at him to pay him? Let's say he takes the... What's the $140, $150 million deal you could get? Who's going to pay him $40 million to sit for a year? Well, not just the financial. The The comment you hear from your callers is that he wants to go be the man somewhere, right? Well, when it's all said and done and he retires, no one's going to remember that he came to a franchise that was already good. They're going to talk about the championships he won. And, and if he stays there, that guaranteed they have another championship or two in them. Yeah, they're going into a new arena. And also the the Warriors, they need Durant to sign the max. They need Clay to sign the max because they're so salary cap strapped, and they have this new arena. Yeah, they might be playing with four players, but <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I mean, uh, it's you know they put the what the Livingston deal on hold until July because I think they're waiting to see where things go with Clay. Clay almost seems a, there. There's no other destination mentioned for him. Now, if he didn't hurt the knee, yeah, that would have been interesting, right? But these guys can get that max deal. I, for the sake of wanting to be the man, do you give up forty or fifty million dollars? No, no. I, you'll be judged at the end of your career by the championships you win, nothing else. And Durant is most likely to win two championships, staying where he is. Yeah, so I think Durant. I, I tend to agree with you, but he's. He's been a different cat, and he could go to New York and want to be the savior in New York City, biggest city in America. Wait, do they have a team anymore? I don't know. Is it the Nets now? It might be. Hey, Graceffo, have have the Nets <laughs> replaced the Knicks as New York's basketball uh, team? Man. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. Oh, oh. <laughs> Knicks oh. fan, listen, my dad's from Brooklyn, and I'll tell you right now, he doesn't oh. even acknowledge the Nets. He's a Knicks fan. You could hear Graceffo. <laughs> do you acknowledge the Nets, Graceffo? I acknowledge the Nets when I go to their arena when the Knicks are playing. <laughs> exactly. You, you know, Johnny, you don't know Graceffo, but talk about the Patriots. Uh, talk about any Boston team with him. Uh, which, by the way, uh, the Patriots did lose 17-13 to the Yankees in London. That's nice. Uh, let's go introduce baseball, just like those worthless NFL games in London. What is the fascination? I, NFL must be making money on the backside on sponsors uh, from England. I, I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Do you have some? Your game is dying in America. Your your Major League Baseball game collectively, and 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 not not in Chicago, not in L.A., not in Houston, not in Boston, not in New York, but the league, half of it is in disarray with people who are disinterested. And you're going to go to London and celebrate, oh, 
look at me. I'm here in London. Arrogance. Ridiculous contracts. Mm. You know, the price of tickets are through the roof. 162 games and you're paying $40 a game. It's crazy. Yeah, NBA is smart. They're talking about uh, reducing their schedule. Smart. Yeah, you know, in baseball, but they all have these, especially the bigger market teams, have these billion-dollar deals. They're not going to give up games on TV. Uh, Baseball's changing game will happen when they renegotiate their next TV deals. I've said this forever, and this has to do with our other topic tonight. Baseball's in trouble, and soccer is coming after baseball. In 10 to 15 years, soccer will be bigger than Major League Baseball. I and fully believe Because that. of this young generation that's embracing soccer, this will finally be the generation. And they're showing it right now. When you look at Atlanta United drawing 60,000, you look at Toronto. We talked about these MLS franchises, what's going on. That when these kids become 24, 25, and they're out of college or they're out with a job, their disposable income isn't going for baseball. It's being replaced by soccer. They're not watching baseball on TV. I mean, you can talk about how boring soccer is. Soccer is a 90-minute game that's boring to some people, whereas baseball could be a four-hour boring game. And I'll tell you, like the, I'm an elementary teacher. The kids, at least in, in Michigan, are not watching baseball. And, and you go back to any, any adult listening, and, and we have our questions of the night. Where do you think Durant and Kawhi will end up? Will they team up? You can answer that. What is the state of soccer in the U.S. and in Canada? And in terms of your sports interest list, has soccer grown in the last year? Uh, is it going the other way? And then for parents... What sports do your kids talk about with you? Not that you talk about with them. Because dads will say, we need to go to a baseball game. Because I grew up with baseball. Or football. Or maybe wrestling, because you wrestled in high school. And you kind of, not live vicariously, but you introduce your kids to sports you're familiar with, played, and are comfortable with. But in terms of what your kids talk about, when you go to a school event, or you show up for lunch, or you're there volunteering to read or drop off something, and John mentioned this earlier, I see a lot of NBA jerseys. Now, Curry, LeBron, right? These kids wearing them. I see a lot of NFL jerseys. You got the kid who's a, you know, Aaron Rodgers Packers fan or uh, a kid who, you know, is a fan of... Matt Stafford. Yeah, Matt Stafford of the Lions. Uh, Eli Manning, according to kidsjerseys.com, one kid in America wears an Eli Manning jersey. <laughs> We're trying to find him and put him on the show. But you'll see the soccer, Ronaldo, Messi, right? You'll, All over the place. You'll, you'll see that. And that's where I think what you're saying in 10 to 15 years, when that 14, 12, 10-year-old is 24, 25, 26, uh, he's going to be buying MLS gear or buying MLS tickets. I can tell you right now that kids talk more hockey in Michigan than they do baseball. And that blows my mind that people will talk more about the Red Wings, kids, elementary kids, than they will about the Tigers. Well, and I brought up in the NFL, or not NFL draft, the NHL draft in Vancouver, that eight of the top 15 picks. Now, this will tell you that if you want to develop your players at a young age, bring them together. They live in a 
American City and the USA U18 team. All right? And they play in the USHL, which is you know, kind of American version of junior hockey, right? Eight of the f- 15 first-round picks, the first 15 picks, were from that USA hockey development program, I think, in Canton slash Plymouth, Michigan. Eight of the 15. Uh, a draft that normally is dominated by Canadians and Europeans. Now, that tells you that if you invest the money, you invest the time, and they've had success in worldwide tournaments, and now you look at eight of the first 15 picks, what we've been talking about, if you and why the men, yeah, there's a lot of options for boys and men to play sports at an elite level than there is for the women, especially professionally. But why the U.S. women are two wins away from winning another World Cup, and you say the men are, what, 30, 38 years? 38. Well, I said 40 years two years ago, so go with 38 years. 38. They're catching up. But you see what USA Hockey has done. Eight of the first 15 picks? I'm telling you, if our major cities housed the top 100 players from that city... Uh, how's that talking soccer soccer paid for their their housing their room and board paid for their education if those kids trained in a professional environment we're talking 15 to 18 year olds so you're saying top 25 cities in terms of population yes we would be competing we would not just be competing for a world cup championship we would be like the women's program like we would we'd be in the semifinals we'd be in the finals John Conlon, our soccer insider, joining us on the Saturday Night Huge Show. You can answer our huge questions of the night. Where will Duran and Kawhi end up playing next year? And also the state of soccer in terms of your sports interests, your kids, U.S. and Canada. Join us live, 1-855-212-4CBS. That's 1-855-212-4227. At Saturday Huge on Twitter. And Saturday Night Huge Show on Facebook. It's the Saturday Night Huge Show. Once again, here's huge Bill Simonson. We are back live across North America each and every Saturday night. We're the only show based on huge opinions. And also, we have our CBS Sports Radio toll-free line, 1-855-212-4227. That is brought to you by GEICO. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico, go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance at geico.com. If you want to join us live with your huge opinions, 1-855-212-4CBS. That's 1-855-212-4227. At Saturday Huge on Twitter, Saturday Night Huge Show on Facebook. Let's go to James in Tampa, Florida. You're on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, how you doing, Bill? How you doing, buddy? All right, man. Hey, listen, I'm from uh, Manhattan, and um, and I'm old. But I remember in uh, the 70s when Pele sold out the Meadowlands and everybody was talking about how soccer was going to take over football. How did that work out? Not very well, has it? Thank you, James in Tampa. And John Conlon, our soccer insider, there have been times that everybody's waiting for the soccer moms and dads and those kids to grow into this massive group that takes over sports in America. I do sense it's coming. 
and the good and bad in conversation uh, tonight, national show, U.S.-Canada, in the same breath as talking about where Kawhi or Durant may end up, people are voicing their opinion on soccer. Why have there been stretches where it looked like soccer was going to grow in America, going back to Pele, but then it just hit the wall? Well, I'm a realist. Uh, the NFL is king. NFL will always be king. I don't know who this gentleman was talking to in the 70s, but I, I have a hard time believing many people thought that soccer was going to overcome the NFL at that point. Uh, in this country, the biggest reason it hasn't caught on or didn't catch on as well as we expected right away is because people didn't understand the game. They, they hadn't played the game. And it's, it's, it's a tough game to understand and watch if you have not grown up playing it. So, But today is, you know, 30 years later from when... 40 years later from when Pele played in, in the Meadowlands, you now have a generation of people that have played the game, have watched the game, grew up coaching the game, who are now big fans of the game. It's much different than it was in the 70s. So I would say to him that, you know, it's a different generation. It's a different world now. Let's go to Jay in California. You're on the Saturday Night Huge Show. Hello. Hey, Jay. Hey. Yeah, I got a couple things to touch on. Uh, you know, the gentleman earlier was speaking about our best athlete, and he mentioned the big guys. You know, we got guys like Barry Sanders, Maurice Jones-Drew, Julian Edelman, you know, Wes Welker, very small, you know, athletes that could easily seem like they could dice up a soccer pitch. You know, he, he didn't have, you know, happen to mention them. So I was just curious, you know, your thoughts on that. And then also Kawhi. One thing that really makes sense to me is, you know, to go to a team where he's going to be playing for a long time, where you're going to have the Lakers, you're going to have LeBron and AD and Kuzma, who's a great young talent. You know, I'm thinking if I was Kawhi, I'd like to go to a team like that, be less wear and tear on me, and possibly give me a more successful longevity versus going to the, the Knicks or possibly even the Clippers. Being from Los Angeles, the team with the the luster and shine is the Lakers, not the Clippers. So, Jay, do you think if Kawhi joined AD and LeBron with Kuzma and would have a, you know, maybe a Bulls-like second and third-tier bench, is that enough to win the West and win the NBA Finals next year? I think for next year and possibly two or three years after that, I mean, you never know what's going to happen with Kevin Durant when he comes back. I mean, look at Kobe. I mean, he happened to come back pretty well, but by the time he recovered from his Achilles injury, you know, the Lakers are already in disarray. So, I mean, that's just one one thing there. But I'm thinking definitely the Lakers for Kawhi. All right. Well, thank you, Jay, in California. Stephen in Ohio, you're up next on the Saturday Night Healed Show. Guys, evening, guys. Um, so for the soccer correspondent, my question was specifically on that. Um, I, I have not been keeping up as much with the international friendlies since our last trial at trying to make the World Cup, but I'm sure like everyone else that cares, I was really disappointed with the attitudes that was shown by U.S. soccer and the performance from 2016 or whatever it was, 2018. So my question to you is, is it purely that if our talent improves that we won't have issues to worry about our players snobbish and do they really respect, you know, the fact that, you know, oh, U.S. pitches are so much better than Trinidad and Tobago pitches? 
you think that those issues would go away when our talent is better and it wouldn't be an issue? Or is this a deeper-rooted problem that we need to find out the solution of if that our, our players are maybe a little too privileged and that led us to you know pissing off Trinidad and Tobago and letting them beat us? I'm very concerned about that attitude if that is a problem. But you know soccer better than I do, so I want to hear what your thoughts are on that. All right, well, thank you, Stephen, in Ohio. And, John, uh, I know we've talked on the statewide show that I believe there's an arrogance top to bottom, I feel, with the U.S. men that I don't see with the U.S. women. And I think that's a big part of the culture of soccer internationally at the women's side for the U.S. compared to the men. How would you answer, Stephen, from Ohio? You know, I th- I would agree wholeheartedly. I actually think... Uh, U.S. soccer is extremely arrogant, and I've been around some of the leadership in U.S. soccer as as a player, as a coach, as someone who's gone through the the coaching licenses, and I think there's a great deal of arrogance. Um, And it's one of those things where in order to be good at something, you have to be confident in what you do. And I think U.S. soccer has an inferiority complex. And we, we On the men's side, you're saying? On the men's side. Um, from our coaching staff to our leadership, we've been told for the past 40 years we're not good enough. So I, it's just like when you deal with someone who has an inferiority complex in everyday life. Like they're going to mask it, right? So the way we mask it with our leadership is by telling people how great we are and by doing things um, contrary to the way other people do it. And um, so I would agree with the caller that, yeah, we were arrogant two years ago. We played arrogant. We trained arrogantly. Our leadership was arrogant. And we need an overhaul. And this is a battle that we've had forever. Is is the overhaul underway? I hope so. I'm not exactly sure. I think, you know, I said this on your local show, like, we need to stop listening to the rest of the world. We need to ignore everybody throughout the world who bashes U.S. soccer. On the men's side. On the men's side. The women's side gets it. Like, our personality as Americans is to be aggressive, to be bullies. You can like it or dislike it. That's the way we are as Americans, right? U.S. women's soccer, they're aggressive. They're bullies. They go at you all game long. They don't, you know, they don't hide. They come after you for 90 minutes. And on the men's side, we've gone every which way but but loose when it comes to finding our style. Our style should be the American style. We're aggressive. We're going to come after you. We're not going to back down. We'd rather win a game 5-4 to four than one nothing. And I think once we get the correct leadership and the correct, correct uh, talent in there and follow that model, we'll be great. John Conlon, our soccer insider in studio on this Saturday night, talking about uh, the state of soccer in America and also in Canada. And we want to ask you to answer a couple questions. One, has soccer grown in terms of your sports interest compared to a year ago? And your children, for the parents listening, uh, when your children talk about sports, how often is soccer in that conversation? I'm not talking about going to play. I'm talking about when, when it comes to watching, wanting to go to a game, or a conversation over a pizza in the vehicle, or at the dinner table? Answer those questions along with where Leonard and Durant will end up next year. Free agent frenzy is underway in the NBA. You can join us live at 1-855-212-4CBS. That's 
4227 at Saturday Huge on Twitter and Saturday Night Huge Show on Facebook. It's the Saturday Night Huge Show. Once again, here's Huge Bill Simonson. We are back live across North America on the only show where the people have a voice. Graceffo and Kill Kelly. What's his first name? Is it Johnny Kill Kelly? Sean. Sean Kill Kelly. Yeah, yeah, that's a, there, there's an Irish name, uh, John Conlon, Sean Kilkelly. He, I don't think he's Irish, though. I think he's Scandinavian. Oh, he's definitely Irish. <laughs> Trust me. Sean Kilkelly. He sounds like he'd be a great Irish actor, right? Don't you? He probably knew my family back in the day in County Mayo. Really? I don't know. That's you, where my family's from. Are they? You're full-blooded Irish? Not full-blooded, but my grandparents are off the boat. Wow. Yes. That's amazing. So Sean Kilkelly and James Graceffo. James, you don't seem enthusiastic uh, tonight. Uh, you know, uh, Bill, just a little, uh, still tired. You know. Right. He he also works like multiple jobs. Lives there in Manhattan, and he takes Uber to work. And he's a good guy. I don't think James liked our Knicks comments earlier. No, he he, he I and being around him for over what, almost four years, I I understand when I'm venturing into. Waters where he's very protective, like a lot of New Yorkers are, of their teams. And I'm cool with that. We all are. That's protective fine. Like you're, you're, you guys aren't the only people to make fun of the Knicks. It's fine. Hey, listen, we're Michigan fans. We're Detroit Lions fans. Okay, we, I we get can't that. make fun we I can't got make a football team just like the Lions. They don't win either. <laughs> yeah, well, but here's, here's one thing I'll say. Look how quickly uh, the Lakers turned it around because they got AD. So if the Knicks can get Durant and Kawhi, and they would be the kings of New York. I mean, that they need that AD-like move, Graceffo, here during this free agent frenzy because if they're left on the outside looking in and, oh, yeah, we're going to have Barrett, who I like, and I think he'll be a great pro, but you're still a couple years away, I think, from his impact of helping you in the playoffs, and they didn't get Zion, which was a crusher. They need Durant, even if Durant doesn't play next year, I think the Knicks fans need to know that, you know what, we have Durant coming, right? I think it's already signed, sealed, delivered. He's coming. You, is Kawhi wow. coming with him? That'd be nice. I don't know that for a fact. Do you think now this the report, report just came out today, though, though too. Like, this wasn't, this wasn't right. even like a thing yesterday or a week before or even two weeks before. Only the Knicks would pay a guy $40 million just to try and help the PR situation. I mean, and that's he's fine. he's not going to play. He'd still be the third best, fourth best, fifth best player in the league when he comes back, right? They could actually put him in a boot and let him play the entire year, and he probably leads the Knicks in scoring. And the Knicks would make the playoffs. <laughs> and and it's called the boot. Uh, NBA TV presents the story of Kevin Durant. He played with a torn Achilles in a boot for the entire year, and the Eastern Conference was so bad, they were the fifth seed. It's so amazing. Like The guy pops his Achilles, and now his, his career is over. It's not like it's 30 years ago where Achilles was a death sentence. Well, they say you can't, John, and I'm not a doctor, but they say you can't. Once it's the surgery's done, you you can't rip it again. Is that have you? You're a coach, and you've come uh, around. I've luckily not had anyone tear their Achilles really? in my program. So. Wow, yeah, it seems to be more of a football basketball injury, doesn't I think it? Durant would play better defense than Carmelo, though, with his boot on. Are they talking about Carmelo? Were they saying Carmelo with the Lakers might be a fit as a role player? Or yeah, I read that too, Bill. A mid-level exemption? Oh, are they? 
I want to see how they try Carmelo. All right, let's add D'Angelo Russell to the mix, hypothetically. LeBron, AD, Carmelo, Kuzma, and D'Angelo Russell. Are they going to start a juggling act with five balls? Who do you think's head would explode first? Would it be Frank Vogel or someone else? Frank, yeah, people forget who's even coaching the Lakers. No, I'm going to guarantee you they bring Phil Jackson back if they get all those guys. Are Phil, you serious? And Carmelo and Phil Jackson are just going to hang out and be buddies? <laughs> oh, you you think Jeannie Buss, that's the play, that Phil oh, Jackson yeah. comes back? Guaranteed. Wow. They'll drop that after the fact? Phil's probably bored. Why not bring him back? Yeah, how about the report that said that uh, Kawhi only wanted to meet with Magic? And but then, uh, how about the about face of Magic Johnson ripping the franchise with Stephen A. Smith, right? And he turns around, and when they sign AD, all of a sudden he's like, "I'm so proud of Jeannie." I think we're getting the return of Magic Johnson and Phil Jackson. I like that, and he takes over for LeBron's. How many years LeBron have left on his deal? Is it two? Was that a three or four year deal, Griselle? Three year deal. So he has two more years, and Phil comes back for Jeannie Buss to help salvage the Lakers' reputation that had bottomed out like it never had before. Wow. And Phil knows he has A.D., Kawhi, LeBron, Kuzma. Hey, let's be honest. With the exception of the Knicks, Phil only chooses situations where he's going to win. Yeah, the next thing was just money. Wasn't that he was getting bizarre. like? Wasn't he getting like Grisafa? Wasn't he getting like back then like ten million, eight million a year? I think it, it was, was a lot money. of money to be an executive. And by right, the way, I, the whole LeBron uh, posse Phil comment. LeBron just going to say, "Meh, no problem, all's forgiven." Where he said, "Oh, I can't, I can't." LeBron's posse has too much influence over the league and influence over him. Hey, there remember was some LeBron sort of wasn't coming back to Cleveland. He still came back to Cleveland. Racial oh, connotation it, with the word posse. Right, and then Frank Vogel, they're going to go, hey, Frank, thanks for the two months as the Lakers head coach. You're done. We're going to pay your entire contract, though. I don't – man, uh, all right, Graceffo, I asked Johnny this earlier, I think before you guys came aboard here 47 minutes ago. D'Angelo Russell or Kawhi Leonard, who's a better fit to help the Lakers win the NBA Finals next June? Oh, it's Kawhi Leonard. I mean, anytime you can add the second best player in the league or maybe the best player in the league, I, I think that's the guy that's the best fit. So who plays point then? LeBron? Le, LeBron's like magic and plays point guard? Sure. Have a statue play point guard at this point. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. That, how about the Lakers? They were dead in the water, folks. Dead in the water. Nobody wanted to come play. And because they were able to pull off the Anthony Davis move... They are sitting here now, talk of Kawhi, Russell. Uh, they're going to get – they're going after at least their big three. And uh, the Phil Jackson thing, Johnny, no one's talked about that. That would be interesting. And Frank Vogel was – that was a LeBron hire, right, because he wants to control everything. But Phil, you know, the Zen master, you know – who who do you think's calling the shots right now? Jeannie Buss or LeBron? Oh, LeBron. Yeah. Hey, this is Cleveland part two, right? I forgot about the posse comment when I said Phil, but 
knowing how professional athletes are, it's amazing how short their memory is when they haven't won a championship in a year or two. And if, you know, Phil with the Michael thing and Phil coaching LeBron, right? Kobe. <laughs> Kobe. Yeah, Kobe. There's how you forget about what Phil Jackson. Did you see the Don Nelson HBO Real Sports thing? <laughs> no, I know Don is a, an alternative lifestyle. No, right he, uh, he's out in Maui and he grows his own weed and <laughs> he has pot poker parties with like Willie Nelson. That is my goal to be done. <laughs> Don someday. He is. A, I didn't realize how he's almost eighty. Now that was that was a pretty good piece with Brian Gumble on HBO Real Sports. Uh, you can join in. We have our huge questions of the night. Where will Durant play next year? Where will Kawhi Leonard play? Is NBA free agency? I think officially hits at six p.m. on Sunday. You can answer those questions. Also, uh, the state of soccer in America and also in Canada. Has the sport grown in terms of your interest over the last year? And also for the parents, uh, do your kids talk about soccer or what are the sports that they'll discuss with you? You can join in 1-855-2124-CBS. That's 1-855-212-4227. At Saturday Huge on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Search Saturday Night Huge Show. Let's go to Nick in Ontario, Canada. You're on CBS Sports Radio. Nick. Hey, morning, gentlemen. How are we? How you doing, my friend? Good. So you guys were wondering about what kids are talking about these days. I'll give you the top three of uh, my eight-year-old. Uh, I've been a sports fan my whole life. I, I watch everything. I'll watch all forms of soccer from the Middle East and Europe to North America, MLS. I've been to FC games in Toronto. But for an eight-year-old these days... His heart and soul is, number one, hockey, because he can watch the juniors grow and then get drafted and play in, this, in the pros. Number three would be soccer, and a curveball for you guys, and I'm seeing a big movement of youth, and number two is golf. The PGA Tour is taking the youth movement and running with it. I've been to three events this year already and it is incredible how many kids from 6 to 16 are there watching interacting and know more about the sport than I ever did. Well, Nick, uh, thanks for the call in Ontario. Yeah, uh PGA reaching out uh, to the young kids. Lacrosse is another sport that a lot of young kids are playing. Right? So you have all this competition. Uh you know, John and again, you're at club coach or a high school coach you have kids who play club soccer uh, is it a money grab or are the values and the upside of club soccer still more prevalent than the actual transactional side of it depends on which organization you're a part of some of them are a money grab some of them are well run and have people that care deeply about kids and their development it really depends you have to do your research and you have to find out what their values are and what their history is. So it, it, you, it varies club to club. Yeah, it's like any business. I mean, it's a business. Let's be honest. Club hockey, club soccer, club volleyball, it's a business. Club first, baseball, club, you know, yeah, travel baseball, right? First and foremost, they want to make money, which is fine. I mean, it's that that's what it is. You have to know what it is. You just have to make sure you do research on the leadership and the coaches and what their values are. 
Let's go to Colin in Baltimore, Maryland, here on the Saturday Night Hill Show. Oh, good evening, gentlemen. How you doing, Colin? I'm doing well. Uh, so I'm a, a first-time caller, and I uh, just have a couple of insights I just want to share about soccer, some of my uh, views. I'm a very passionate uh, soccer fan, and I'm actually from another country, from Europe, from Ukraine specifically. Um, first of all, I think of me growing up as a young boy playing soccer, I never had any coaching, any organized anything in my life. It was more friends in the backyard getting together and playing. And I think that the big prob- problem in U.S. soccer now is starts from the root. The kids are not loving the game. Um, I talk to a lot of my friends, and they always tell me, oh, I played soccer, but I only played it for two years, and then I stopped. Everybody's played soccer at youth, but they stop after two or three years. And I started wondering why, and it's because soccer is a very physically demanding sport, a lot of running, which is one of the most boring activities. And it just, you have to love it. And I feel like a lot of times coaches are pressuring kids into positions they don't want to play and doing the activities and the drills they don't want to be doing at a super young age. So that's just one of my opinions. And Colin, I appreciate your opinion in Baltimore. We got to get to a network timeout. Thank you so much for your perspective. We'll talk more about that with our soccer insider, John Conlon. Huge questions of the day or night. Kawhi, Durant, where are they playing next year? Answer them. 1-855-212-4CBS.